Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. You're listening to KEXP at 90.3 FM in Seattle, streaming worldwide at KEXP.org. I'm Cheryl Waters down here in the KEXP studios with our dear friends, the Black Tones. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for having us. Excited. Feels like this has been a long time in the making. Uh, You've been on the Seattle music scene for so long and finally released your debut full length in April. And it's called Cobain and Cornbread. You're going to play some songs with that for us today. And I can't wait to talk to you about what you've been up to these past few years. The Black Tones live on KEXP. Oh, 
It's the Black Tones live on KEXP, a new album called Cobain and Cornbread. And very excited to have you in studio today. Want to do another? Let's do it. Keep it going.
It's the Black Tones live here in the KEXP studios. Wow, the key of black, they want us dead. That is such a powerful song on a much, much anticipated record, Cobain and Cornbread. It is so great to finally have the band here playing these songs live on KEXP. Yes, it's been a long time coming. It feels like it's been a long, <laughs> long journey for the band. You've been playing out for quite a while, but I want to go back um, much farther than that. Um, of course, Eva, you and Cedric have known each other your entire lives. We were womb-mates. <laughs> you were womb-mates. I kind of remember her. She's, <laughs> I remember her a little bit. <laughs> it sounds like you grew up in a very tight-knit family here in Seattle. And Eva, of course, we know each other well. You're the host of our local show, Audio Oasis, and I've been seeing you play stages for many years now. But every time I talk to you, um, it feels like you grew up in Louisiana, in the South, the way you actually talk about it is like you spent your childhood there. And it sounds like, in a way, growing up here in Seattle, you did spend your childhood in the South. Can you talk a little bit about that influence for yeah. you and, and Cedric? Yeah, we grew up in our grandparents' home. It was my grandparents, um, four siblings, uh, I, I make four, and uh, our mother. And um, we're first-generation Seattleites, so my mom and everyone is from Louisiana originally. And I think it's they brought that with them up here. My grandfather got recruited um, from Boeing down when he was in New Orleans, and so Boeing actually brought him up here in 68, 69. Yeah, and so they brought a lot of that of Louisiana up here, so a lot of interesting sayings and interesting um, medicinal uh, <laughs> whiskey, it'll work. <laughs> whiskey yeah. and lemon, it'll work. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I scraped my knee. Um, but I think there's something about being brought up by people who aren't from the Northwest because I do get a lot like, you must not be from here. You're not scared to talk to people. I'm definitely from here. I just was raised by people that weren't from here. And so that's what's been ingrained in me. And then we grew up eating Southern cuisine. I, my favorite dish is red beans and rice. My grandma made Southern food every day. And that was that's a privilege to have. Uh, my mom still makes gumbo and... And all that. So I don't cook because I thought that Southerners live forever. So um, I just haven't learned how to do any of that stuff yet. There's still time. There's, There's still, still time. time. Cedric can cook. I'm all right. Well, how did music uh, come into your childhood? You've been playing music from a young age. And from what I understand, you kind of grew up performing um, at a young age as a dancer on yeah. stage. Yeah, I was um, in a tap company called Tap Central. And I started about eight years old, and um, I danced for about eight years. And I danced in New York. I danced in Minneapolis. I've danced with Savion Glover. I've danced with Norma Miller, um, Jenny Legong, um, the Nicholas sisters, which are granddaughters of the Nicholas brothers. So I was exposed to all that at a really young age. And exposed to performing at a really young age. But the thing is that I didn't appreciate it until I became an adult. Um, I didn't really like tap dancing when I, when I was doing it. <laughs> My mom's listening at home like, yeah, she hated it. <laughs> um, but when I think back of all these wonderful people I had access to and the places I went to dancing in New York at like 11 years old and not realizing that, oh, that's, that's a big deal. That's 
that's a form of privilege right there, you know. Um, so yeah, I was I, I was a dancer, but I always loved music. And even with dancing, I always paid attention to the music and the people that were making the music. And my sister was the first one to invest in my singing ability. She, I don't know how she knew, but she was like, "You want to sing, don't you?" I'm like, "Yeah." And so she'd have me sing Erica Badu's uh, song on and on, and uh, Selena. She introduced me to Selena. Um, she would play on, put on records in my grandparents' house, like the Fifth Dimension. I learned the, de- the Declaration of Independence from listening to a Fifth Dimension record. <laughs> um, there was always music in our house, so our family, they're all lovers of music. There aren't a lot of musicians in our family, but they're all lovers of music, so we were always around it. And being from New Orleans, like, well, them being from New Orleans, like, of course. So jazz definitely was in the house. My grandfather's favorite song is Take Five from Dave Brubeck. And it's become one of our favorite songs. Um, Herb Alpert, love Herb Alpert. And, like, as far as influences goes, I mean, my influences go from Herb Alpert to Kraftwerk to Bone Thugs and Harmony to Dolly Parton, just, like, everything. Because um, we were exposed to everything. And then when you have, we are the youngest, me and Cedric, we have older siblings. So, of course, whatever was coming on MTV in the 90s, we were watching MTV. Like, cool, what's this? What are they watching? What are they into? Um, so we got, there was just music all the time. Well, you do have that incredible voice. And uh, you. you played drums at a young age. And you play an incredible guitar. And you taught your brother, Cedric, drums. And the Black Tones were born. And then you started playing on the local Seattle music scene. And you had a couple of songs out and then an EP. But you've just this year released your full-length album. And your live shows are just magical. And I understand that you sort of never saw yourself going in and do in a studio album because you know what you can bring to that live show. So what changed your mind? You recorded with the legendary producer Jack and Dino and you went into the studio. So tell me how that came about and what that experience was like. Yeah, I actually got introduced to Jack and Dino through my fiance, Jake, who is a writer. And he sent Jack, without my knowledge, he sent Jack our song Woman in Black. And Jack responded back, whoa, this is amazing. I can record the out of them. I was like, he likes it? So I responded. I was like, hi, you want to work on something together? <laughs> and so we connected with Jack. And work. And I had heard about him, obviously, um, before. But I was like, I can never afford him. Or he's too busy. Or blah, blah, blah. But um, he welcomed us with open arms, and it was the best studio experience I've ever had. I am not a big studio person. I'm a get on stage and get it right the first time. (laughs) Um, But he made the experience so well, and he gives you room to experiment. And I think that's the thing I got out of recording with him is that it allowed me to experiment more and just trust myself. Um, And he's really good at bringing that out with people. And Jack's the kind of person where we all know his history, we all know who he's worked with, but he's into who he's currently working with as the project is happening. He is so invested in what he's doing in the moment. And he's like a chemist at the soundboard. It's unbelievable. He just puts as much effort and love into um, his clients that he did with Nirvana, that he did with Soundgarden. And it's amazing to look at. I mean, this is a guy where I went to his house and he had his gold record up from the Bleach album, and the platinum one in a box. He's like, oh, I think the gold one's prettier. Like, that's the kind of person Jack is. <laughs> like, very humble and just, I don't know, he's a real guy. 
<laughs> well, let's hope he's putting one of yours up yeah. one day, or <laughs> it's sitting there in a box. Yeah. <laughs> you have been playing on the local music scene for a while, and of course, as the host of KEXB's local music show, Audio Oasis, you really have your finger kind of on the pulse of the music scene. And what has that felt like for you? Because you started playing small shows, and over the years, you're playing big festivals now. You open for Death Cab for Cutie at the Paramount Theater. So you've really seen a range of the music scene through your growth as an artist. And people always want to know, Seattle, of course, is known for music. And one of the most asked questions I get just as a DJ is, what do you think of the Seattle music scene? And you, of course, as a musician and the host of local music show are very well uh, situated to answer that. I feel like it's very vibrant and eclectic. And what's your take on that and what it's like to be a musician here? It's very vibrant. There's a lot of talent here. And one of the great things about doing Audio Aces is discovering that talent that's either underrepresented um, or maybe um, they're just too scared to do it and they need some encouragement. Um, But it's been really awesome discovering new acts. And we play, I mean, we've played thousands of shows over the years that... um, there are so many bands that we've heard of that we're like, wow, this band could be on the radio or this band could be on the radio. And so I can bring that to all the Oasis with um, the shows that we do. Because what I love about what John Richards said was um, he goes, we want you to be active. We want you to stay what you're, with what you're doing with the Black Tones. It's great. And you're really involved. And we want that in a host. Um, of course, your show's on the Saturday Evo, but we can always get us up. Like, it's, it's very, like, it's encouraging. Because most jobs, you think, like, oh, no, I have to, like, do this later or put it to the side or whatever. But this place is like, no, keep bringing that stuff back. And recently, we just added Montana to our list of um, Northwest states because we played a show in Montana and saw a handful of bands that were amazing. And I emailed John and Morgan, can we add Montana to the Northwest, please? They're like, go for it. Awesome. So now we have Montana. Um, I get to play songs from uh, bands in that state. And so it's just awesome to be able to do that and display all these wonderful artists that I think are great and that I hope everyone else enjoys. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Golden Record that Carl Sagan um, facilitated and sent out to space on Voyager 1 and 2. And anything that I do, I want, especially with Audio Oasis, I want the show to be as diverse as the golden record. Of course, I can only cover the Northwest, but I want to have Audio Oasis to be like the golden record of the Northwest. Very nice. Good. <laughs> Um, you know, when you mentioned that golden record, it reminds me um, what a self-professed sci-fi nerd you are, and that comes out in your song, But there, uh, your song, Ghetto Spaceship, which you started with. But you have a lot of diversity. There's a lo- Your music is so fun um, and visceral to listen to. It really makes you want to move. It makes you want to smile. But there's some very serious themes in oh, yeah. your music. Tell me a little bit about what the songs are about. Yeah, uh, The Key of Black is about the... Um, violence toward black Americans um, from hate groups that are infiltrating the police department. And so it was a response to that. Um, this, the, the shootings that were happening, the unarmed uh, American citizens that were being murdered and justice not being served. Um, I mean, this affects my brother, this affects me, this affects Brandon, this affects my family, people that look like us. But it doesn't just stop with us. It affects anyone who's... Um, who's considered a minority or considered or not a white cisgendered person, you know? Um, And 
with the key of black, there's a lot to say about the issues going on, but I figured I would just let the guitar kind of cry and the only words would be the call and response because I can talk about it and we've been talking about it, but um, I kind of want people to feel it. And so I just let the guitar sing the verses in that song and we do the chorus, which is just, we want this, they want us dead. And it's really powerful. The first time we performed that song, I had my mom and my sister come on stage and sing it. And it's like, look, my mom's singing, they want us dead, because this affects her too. This isn't just like a young people problem. This isn't, you know, this is um, a national problem. This is an all ages problem. This is an all race problem, an all creed problem. So um, I think it was powerful to have my mom upstairs singing like, they want us dead, they want us dead. It's like, that's my mother. I don't want her singing that, but it's just as relevant to her as it is Cedric or me or Brandon or anyone else. It's interesting. I never thought about you using the guitar as crying in that song. I heard that song many, many times before I thought about how few lyrics were actually in it, just the call and response. I felt like it was full of lyrics, and I guess that's the guitar there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of silent films, and so I like when... If you're, it's it's really cool when you can express something without um, using, without speaking. Well you, well, you express so much emotion through your music. It's so great to have the black tones here in the studio at KEXP. You have a ton of shows coming up, a busy summer ahead, uh, Sunday, June 23rd. You're going to be at the Fremont Fair. You're playing this year's Capitol Hill Block Party yeah. in July. And also uh, the Brody Nation Music Festival. That's on uh, July 18 through 20. And the Chomp Festival out at Marymore Park. Yeah. And then you're going to be out at the inaugural Thing Festival yeah. in August. So that's exciting. Lots excited. of opportunities. Very excited about Thing. Very excited about all of the shows. Um, really excited to meet Mavis Staples to play with her at Chomp Fest. We're very, very excited about that. That is going to be exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. Everyone, I, I think it's safe to say everyone's had Mavis Staples in their household. <laughs> yeah. Most I, people. Safe to say. Safe to say. <laughs> We're live here in the KEXB studios. It's the Black Tones playing songs from their new album, Cobain and Cornbread. Want to take another one? Yeah, we're going to do uh, I Hate Spiders. So I wrote a blues song about spiders trying to kill me. <laughs> this is Mama, There's a Spider in My Room.
Nicely done. Nicely done. That's the Black Tones live on KEXP. Eva, Cedric, Brandon, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Super fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great summer. They're playing all summer long. Lots of opportunities to see them. Check out the schedule online and the new album, Cobain and Cornbread. It's the Black Tones live on KEXP Seattle. We love you.